Good morning, I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. Welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. We come today on day 397 to 1 Samuel chapter 22. We're in the story of the life of David in this time in his life when he's on the run from King Saul, who has turned against him, is is jealous of him, is concerned that he's going to try to overthrow his kingdom, and so he's hunting him down. Let's pray and ask the Lord's help as we turn to this portion of God's word today. Father God, we thank you for your word. Your word shows us you and your will for us and your son. And these are the words of eternal life. So write them on our hearts by your Holy Spirit and instruct us that we might know and love Jesus more, we pray in his name. Amen. First Samuel chapter 22 we find David going to the cave of Adullam, and then this horrible, horrible incident that really shows how incredibly dark Saul's heart has become by this time in his life. David departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brothers and all his father's house heard of it, they went down there to him, and everyone who was in distress and everyone who was in debt and everyone who was bitter in soul gathered to him, and he became commander over them. And there were with him about 400 men. And David went from there to Mizpah of Moab, and he said to the king of Moab, Please let my father and my mother stay with you till I know what God will do for me. And he left them with the king of Moab, and they stayed with him all the time that David was in the stronghold. Then the prophet Gad said to David, Do not remain in the stronghold. Depart and go into the land of Judah. So David departed and went into the forest of Hereth. Now Saul heard that David was discovered. And the men who were with him. Saul was sitting at Gibeah under the tamarisk tree on the height with his spear in his hand and all his servants were standing about him. And Saul said to his servants who stood about him, Hear now, people of Benjamin, will the son of Jesse give every one of you fields and vineyards? Will he make you commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds that all of you have conspired against me? No one discloses to me when my son makes a covenant with the son of Jesse. None of you is sorry for me or discloses to me that my son has stirred up my servant against me to lie in wait as at this day. Then answered Doeg the Edomite, who stood by the servants of Saul. I saw the son of Jesse coming to Nob, to Ahimelech the son of Ahitub, and he inquired of the Lord for him, and gave him provisions, and gave him the sword of Goliath the Philistine. Then the king sent to summon Ahimelech the priest, the son of Ahitub, and all his father's house. The priests who were at Nob, and all of them, came to the king. And Saul said, Here now, son of Ahitub. And he answered, Here I am, my lord. And Saul said to him, Why have you conspired against me, you and the son of Jesse, in that you have given him bread and a sword and have inquired of God for him, so that he has risen against me to lie in wait as at this day? Then Ahimelech answered the king, And who among all your servants is so faithful as David, who is the king's son-in-law, 
and captain over your bodyguard and honored in your house. Is today the first time that I have inquired of God for him? No. Let not the king impute anything to his servant or to all the house of my father, for your servant has known nothing of all this, much or little. And the king said to the guard who stood about him, Turn and kill the priests of the Lord, because their hand also is with David. And they knew that he fled and did not disclose it to me. But the servants of the king would not put their hand out to strike the priests of the Lord. Then the king said to Doeg, You turn and strike the priests. And Doeg the Edomite turned and struck down the priests. And he killed on that day eighty-five persons who wore the linen ephod. And Nob, the city of the priests, he put to the sword both man and woman, child and infant, ox, donkey, and sheep, he put to the sword. But one of the sons of Ahimelech, the son of Ahitub, named Abiathar, escaped and fled after David. And Abiathar told David that Saul had killed the priests of the Lord. And David said to Abiathar, I knew on that day, when Doeg the Edomite was there, that he would surely tell Saul, I have occasioned the death of all the persons of your father's house. Stay with me, and do not be afraid, for he who seeks my life seeks your life. With me you shall be in safekeeping. It's a pretty dark chapter. It's a pretty amazing depth that Saul has fallen to. First of all, we see David, and he's fleeing from Saul, and he's going all around the place. He's really, he's really on the run. He's going from place to place to place to try to stay one step ahead of Saul and those forces that are out to get him. I shared this map with you uh, a little while ago, a few days ago, and this is numbered in order, the fleeing of David. And so we see that he was at Nob, number four. If you can see that, find number four. David was with Nob. And then number five is over in Gath, where he's with Achish. That was, that was last chapter, right? And now he's in the cave of Adullam. But then for his father and mother, he has this particular concern and so he takes them all the way to the far east. See the green part, the far southeast, Moab. It's over on the other side of the Dead Sea. It's over completely outside of Israel. He's over there uh, to, to, the, um, to take care of his father and mother so that they could stay there the whole time that he is in the fortress. And he's going to go back to Agilom, but he's told, don't go there, it's not safe anymore. And so there's this stronghold that's probably near Masada, we're not exactly sure where the stronghold is, but he's he's actually told not to stay there either, right? So that's number eight. And so uh, he goes to number nine to the forest of Hareth, which is probably in this area somewhere. And then he goes to Keilah number 10. So this is just, it just as a map, it's interesting to see 
the constant back and forth and up and down and over and back that David's having to do to stay, try to stay one step ahead of the king. So, and in the, in the time that he's doing this, people are gathering to him. In this first count, you have 400 men, and then later it increases to 600 men. Um, and so this is kind of his bodyguard. It's, it's the group that will later come to make up the core of what becomes known as David's mighty men. But they're the, they're the off scouring. They're the, they're the ones that are in distress. They're in debt. They're bitter in soul. They gather to him. He's taking, you know, the despised and rejected and he's bringing them in. And this reminds us of Christ in that I'm thinking of what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, where he says, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were noble. Not many of you were wealthy. Not many of you were honored. You were foolish and you were weak. You were the despised, but God chose the despised things to shame the things that are honored, the foolish things to shame the wise, the weak things to shame the strong. So this is what, what God has done here. All the weak, all the outcasts, they come to David and they became, they became over time, David's mighty men. And so that's, uh, that's what, what God does to us when he brings us into the church. We are despised and rejected by the world just as Christ himself was despised and rejected by the world. He had no reputation. He was not uh, handsome to look at. He was despised, rejected, beaten, forsaken, and yet he is the mighty son of God. So this this incident with Saul is just so sad. Uh, it really is just one of the saddest uh, instances in the history of God's people because here, here is a, a king who was anointed by God, by the prophet Samuel who was reluctant because of his insecurity, but who nevertheless seemed to want to honor God, at least externally. And here he's fallen so far in his paranoia, in his insecurity, in his fear of man. It has driven him. Sometimes we think, oh, well, insecurity and fear of man, that's not really that big of a deal. But don't you see, that's what's driven Saul to this point. His paranoid insecurity and fear of man has driven him to the point where he's gathered up the priests of the Lord. And this is deliberately described in language to contrast what what Saul would not do to the Amalekites. He now does to the priests of the Lord. Remember, God put the Amalekites under the ban and told Saul, destroy them, every man, woman, and child, and all the livestock. But he didn't do that. He kept the king alive, and he kept the livestock alive. Here he goes through Doeg the Edomite, this evil person, Doeg the Edomite. Oh. And he goes and he kills everybody in the city of the priests, men and women, children, infant, ox, donkey, and sheep he put to the sword. By the way, it is significant that Doeg is an Edomite because a later Edomite, a thousand years later, is going to sit on the throne in Jerusalem, Herod the Great. He was an Edomite. And he ordered the slaughter of the infant babies in Bethlehem. So it's another connection here to Jesus. That Just as these group of innocent people in Nob, they were killed because Saul was hunting down David, because Herod, an Edomite, was hunting down um, Jesus, he killed the innocents in Bethlehem. So we see that connection as well. But David 
is being kept safe by the Lord. He's in mourning because he realizes what has been done, and he's very heartbroken by the cost of his own uh, bad decision. He figured he probably should have taken care of Doeg when he saw him there, but he spared him, and that came back to have consequences. Uh, and so, what can we learn from this? Well, we can learn to not judge things the way the world does. Sometimes people will come to church or come to Bible study, and, and if we're honest, sometimes we're kind of looking at them and sizing them up. Like, is this someone, you know, really that we want to have around? Of course, we would never say that out loud. But we need to not do that at all, because God chooses the low and despised. And we need to realize that apart from God's choice of us, we would be nothing in the eyes of the Lord. And even Jesus himself, totally rejected by the world, was the one who came to save us. We also need to see, again, what we've seen in Saul's life so many times, that the fear of man and our own insecurities can really have dire consequences for us when they cause us to not trust in the Lord and not follow his will for our lives. So we must reject the fear of man and the insecurity that looks at the world in a, in a panic. We need to look at God and let him keep our hearts in peace. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word, for the truth of it, for the power of it. Please help us to follow after Jesus, the despised and rejected one, who is the Lord of glory. Help us to embrace the cross of suffering and being despised and rejected by the world, not to fear man, not to want the approval of others, but to only want your smile on us and to hear that well done, good and faithful servant when all is said and done. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, that's 1 Samuel 22. Tomorrow we'll be back in the Gospel of Mark. That means intern Mike Talursio will be back. Hope you can join us for that. And I hope you have a blessed day in the Lord.